This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's podcast, I am interviewing Callum, who is the founder of Shape and Foster. Shape and Foster is a lifestyle development app providing monthly actionable insight. They have brought together six experts from different fields that they believe are instrumental to personal progress, a healthy heart, and a healthy mind. When I'm telling you that this app is absolutely genius believe me because it is absolutely genius and honestly after the year we've had it's pretty necessary their six industry experts include mental health professional yep definitely need that um (laughs) a life coach a financial planner which i know so many of you guys will definitely be interested in a nutritionist a personal trainer and a yoga instructor and these are all experts these six experts have created 12 month programs all via video and members get 15 to 25 minute video from each expert every 30 days so really you only spend three hours a month and you honestly take care of yourself in such a holistic way um it has a very community-like feel and it's very encouraging and it's it's very preventative and we get to talk about that in the episode but I was just so fascinated by his story we talk about how he previously had a business and why he moved on to create shape and foster kind of what a successful business is what the experience is like like leaving a successful company that you created for something that you're more passionate about and like what that looks like to lose that passion and just even the technical aspects like how the heck do you create an app because that's something I'm interested in so this episode is really insightful. I think that's the biggest thing is that it's super, super, super insightful. And it really is such a, a good understanding of what it's like to create that passionate business. And then also why an app like Shape and Foster is necessary. And Callum talks about his personal experience and kind of his wake up call, I would say. And I feel like a lot of us can resonate with that and resonate with having a wake up call. So it's just a really great episode. I absolutely loved recording this. Um, and I know that you guys will love listening to this so if you guys did enjoy this episode we are almost at 800 reviews we are at 798 right now if you guys could please 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 rate the podcast five stars on apple Podcasts. i know i listen to apple i listen to podcasts on spotify but you know the ratings on apple Podcasts is what really really helps so please be sure to leave a review um i did want to highlight the reviewer of the month um i love doing that so if you guys do leave a review you guys could be featured as the reviewer of the week sorry not of the month of the week so this one comes from ava the unicorn one two three love the username And she said, I love this podcast so much. It is so informative and the people Natalie has on are super interesting and inspirational. I want to be an entrepreneur one day and I find that this podcast is so helpful. I love the podcast episodes about YouTube because they definitely help me with my YouTube channel. She gave a little plug, Ava Lauren videos, shameless self promo. This pod is great for young and older people who love learning about business and just want to get inspired. Thanks for making this, Natalie. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Ava, for leaving that really kind review. I absolutely love when you guys give those thoughtful reviews, when you guys tell me what you like about the podcast, when you encourage me. I mean, it it, it can definitely be hard kind of trying to come up with guests every single week, and I have not, gonna lie, fallen behind. I have never been this behind on the podcast than I have this past month, but reviews like that really encourage me. So uh, I just want to say thank you, and now without further ado, let's just enjoy the episode. 
Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today, as it should, with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hi, Callum. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Natalie. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to talk about your journey, how you started Shape and Foster, what it is, and just more about you. But before we do that, we always start with setting the record straight, which is just some stereotypes, some assumptions, and then based on your own experiences, you'll tell me if they're true or false. Awesome. Sounds good. 
So the first one is being healthy is more than just fitness. 100%. Um, do you want me to elaborate or am I just going with yes or no's? Yeah. <laughs> no, feel free. Elaborate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think that, that being healthy is, is way more about like a state of mind, right? Like um, I saw, I saw like a, a statement from like the World Health Organization from 1948. So going back like 80 years and it said that um, having like your mental, good mental wellness does not mean not having mental illness mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i think yeah. i think that health is also really about your mental wellness and it's not just about being physically fit yeah and that's crazy that that was from 1940s because i feel like i know the mental know. health journey really ha- started happening or like i guess not journey the mental health phase i guess or like a trend started happening in the 2000s i feel like or even in the past like five totally years right. i i completely agree like that that's my thoughts exactly like i i found that um, I was like looking on the internet for some information once and I found that from 1948 and that's the thing that struck me I was like fuck I was like we were like we were on point 80 mm-hmm. years ago yeah we, we had this we had this sussed out and it got lost in the shuffle and like I mean I'm 36 years old I was born in, in 1984 like the 90s I can't remember mental health being a conversation at all as I was growing up the 2000s not so much but yeah the last five or ten years like we've finally kind of seems like we've gone full circle and we we've come back to this understanding that guys like this is really important but yeah 80 years ago that was from yeah that's insane that's really cool to know i i want to go back and now look at like other things that they were talked about in like the 40s and 50s and no, 60s you're totally right yeah and the next one is starting a new business is scary yeah definitely starting a new business is scary because uh, there's just so much uncertainty right um i would say that starting a new business the younger you are is less scary like i'm about i'm gonna, i'm starting my second business right now i started my first business 12 years ago and i had didn't have a mortgage wasn't married my professional career hadn't really started yet like there was zero risk mm-hmm. absolute limit limited risk now i'm starting a new business i've got a mortgage i've got a family you know, like uh, you're, I'm, I'm putting mo- quite a bit of money into the business. Like, so I think the older you get, the riskier it, it becomes, and like the scarier it becomes. But I don't know what your what, what the average age of your listeners are, Natalie. But for the young ones out there that they're thinking about it, I'd say go for it now. This is mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think if you have a business idea and you want to start it, it's my advice is always to just start, like start even a small step, like start researching, start seeing how this could come to life. But I feel like a lot of people spend so much time planning or so much time thinking about it and not doing it. So I think, like especially to my listeners, just doing it is the first step. And that is like the biggest thing that you can do instead of just constantly thinking about it. 100%, like there's that kind of key sort of term, like analysis paralysis. Like if you really start to overthink things, yeah like you're not going to actually move forward with it so i i completely agree i think just getting going with something like it's the old like facebook mantra like facebook came up with the whole idea that done is better than perfect and i, and I love that that that's mm-hmm. like the way that i kind of live with business i'm like let's just fucking go for it if we make mistakes we make mistakes but let's not sit on something for two weeks and talk about it if we could actually just get it going today and, and in five days time we have an idea of if this is going to work or not you know what i mean 
Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then the next one is you need to have a supportive team around you to succeed. And this could be succeed in business, succeed in life, but just to succeed in general, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, well, I, I don't know about need. Like, maybe not need because there's there's actually this thing called, like, the entrepreneur's wound, um, which I read about once. Like, the entrepreneur's wound is basically this lady who used to write for the Times in England. She interviewed tons and tons of entrepreneurs over the course of, like, a 30 or 40-year career. And she said that all the entrepreneurs, the successful entrepreneurs that she talked with all had one thing in common and that was that they went through some sort of um uh, they had a backstory that was like of a bit of like regret and remorse or not being loved or being rejected and she called it the entrepreneur's wound so she would tell you that lady would tell you that having a successful team is not important Mm -hmm. personally in, in my experience it is important like i'm very fortunate i've got like the best wife in the world like she she's like my number two like i mean poor my poor wife like hears everything about the business all the time but she's but she's fully supportive and uh i definitely think that having like a a a family that are willing to listen or friends that are willing to listen and be supportive for me it's definitely helped yeah i i agree i think it's just nice to have someone to vent to to have someone to talk things through bounce ideas off of and whether that's even friends family or even like speaking to someone you know like i think it's just important to kind of not be so isolated especially when you're going through the entrepreneurship journey and just in life entrepreneurship or not i feel like it's so important to have just people that you can talk to um but now i'm more interested in you so when you were younger was wellness always something that you were interested in growing up um i I, i've played sport my whole life like um, i'm I'm from scotland and i actually moved to canada uh, toronto about 14 years ago originally i came here to play rugby so i came here for four months to play rugby and like my whole upbringing was was rugby like I, i loved it so sport has definitely been a massive, massive part of my life and a massive part of my journey, at like an amateur level. Like I wasn't, I wasn't pro or anything, um, but it's definitely been a massive part of my life and and just the value that I get from community from it and stuff. Wellness has been something that has really kicked off more so in the last two or three years for me personally, like a kind of personal development journey that, that I've gone through. Um, part a massive part of wellness obviously is nutrition right it's not just about being physically fit and nutrition is something that like i'm going to i'm going to struggle with like my whole life like i know that it's, it's always going to be a fight for me unfortunately um like glasgow in scotland is like the heart disease capital of europe like oh wow i did the, not know that <laughs> yeah man because because of all the fried foods like we invented the deep fried mars bar so you think how bad for your mars bar is let's put some batter on that and let's fry it up like that's that's glasgow so that's in my that's in my genes and like my blood like a lack of kind of education around nutrition and my taste buds just really like food that's not great for me unfortunately so that's a that's a battle that i'm always going to have um but i think that like health is more is more than physical fitness wellness is i used to think was about physical fitness and the older and more mature i've got i realize that it's it's so much more encompassing physical fitness so i would say to answer your question long story short i would say yes now um, I, i have an importance on wellness but growing up not so much it was just being physically fit growing up i mean i think it's in i mean it's important also that you say how growing up you thought it was just 
physical fitness because even today most people think that you know most people think I go to the gym I work out I'm fine and then they neglect everything else in their life or you know oh I eat healthy so I'm fine and that's it so I think it's still today even with this emphasis on mental health a lot of people don't realize the importance of overall wellness so what made you get into it like where did your personal development journey begin where you realized it was more than just about fitness and nutrition Uh uh-huh um honestly like where it came for me was about i mean long story but essentially like i started my my first business about 11 and a half 12 years ago loved it for the first nine years stopped enjoying it the last couple of years the business did well like i started a business with four thousand dollars like completely bootstrapped and we had like four million dollars a year in annual revenue it was an events marketing company so in-store sampling pop-up shops street teams all that sort of stuff so it was a successful business but i stopped i stopped enjoying it a few years ago at the same time of like kind of starting to stop enjoying my professional life i realized that like with a young family like my drinking habits my alcohol intake that i'd continued through a younger life it wasn't it was no longer I was no longer able to continue that and want to continue that as a parent. So I was driving one day with my son. I'd had a big night the night before. Got home at like four or five o'clock in the morning. This was like two years ago. Go home like four or five o'clock in the morning. I'm driving and I had like an anxiety attack at the wheel as I was driving. And I was taking him to like a kid's rugby class. And I got there and all the parents were bright eyed and bushy tailed. And that's who I want to be as a dad. That's who I always thought I would be. And I just kind of felt like a bit of a scumbag, to be honest. I was a good dad, don't get me wrong. I was a good husband. But every two or three weeks, I would not be my best self for a whole weekend because I had a massive night with friends, right? So I kind of decided to stop drinking after that. And I don't really drink alcohol much anymore, like four or five times a year, basically. And I get home at like midnight. It's no longer like what it was. Um, so that, st- that kicked off my personal development journey. After that, I started getting fit again, which I hadn't done for a few years since I stopped playing rugby. Lo and behold, improved fitness, less alcohol, I was more patient, I was happier. So this was a personal development journey I went through that I kind of realized going through all this that wellness was more than being physically fit. It was about to really optimize your happiness, to be as good as you possibly can be. There's lots of little things that you have to, lots of ducks that you have to get in a row. Um, and then the culmination of, of that journey was was this year, or last year, sorry, during COVID, when I actually sold the business that I was no longer enjoying to start something completely different, which is a lifestyle development app. And that really, that new business I'm starting now, Shape and Foster, it's really where my entrepreneur spirit met my personal development journey. So there's a real kind of origin story there. Yeah, no, I mean, that's incredible. And I know you said that day when you were driving your son to practice or to the camp was kind of a wake-up call for you. Prior to that, did you have any, I guess, feelings that maybe you should begin this personal development journey, maybe you should change some habits? Or was that kind of the one moment where you were like, okay, I need to do something? Yeah, no, I I, I honestly, like I'd had like five or six occurrences prior to that, like that I'd got home at a stupid hour and like I had literally come in the door and my, my son was getting out of bed I was like good like just awful and in my head I was like okay I'm going to stop that it's not going to happen again and then a month or two later it would happen again and I and then I kind of was in this cycle of like not feeling sorry for myself but just breaking promises to myself mm-hmm. and, my, and my family 
and it was it was anxiety attack driving that that was like the kind of big aha moment that was like what really kind of i just felt i felt like i'd put him in a really vulnerable position um and i'd put myself in a vulnerable position obviously and i just wanted to be better than that so i had had thoughts but really it was that one moment that kind of sparked the start mm-hmm. of my journey and for people listening that might want to also begin their journey but they don't even know how to start maybe they had a wake-up call recently maybe they're just kind of wanting to begin this and not delaying it what was your first step in starting that like what did you do first to you know become your best self honestly for me it was uh, it was simply stop stop drinking alcohol mm-hmm. um i mean i mean like nothing good happens past two o'clock in the morning right <laughs> like, right <laughs> not, nothing good happens after two o'clock in the morning but for some reason you stay out some well when i was younger you'd stay out with my friends after that time and all rest. like i saw like a a good quote and um, was khalifa if you've seen it before he said um was it he said he used to think that staying out late was cool until he realized that waking up early was real gangster shit yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm like that's awesome because it's so true um when I stopped drinking alcohol and, and started to kind of do that a lot less, I was getting up early the next day and all of a sudden, like 8 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock on a Sunday, I, I could go for a run and I'd start going for a run and stuff. And I, I, I just, I get so much more out of 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. on a Sunday than I than I do out of midnight to 5 a.m. on a Saturday night. Totally. Like so much, so much more, right? So the first step for me was really just deciding you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna stop drinking and i'm gonna be fresh like try and be fresh for 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 all my weekends and and then little things start to happen and little things start to get better that i didn't expect i didn't think i'd be more patient i didn't think i'd be happier i was just wanting to not put my son in a vulnerable position and and be a better dad basically yeah and what are your mornings like now so now that you have those 8 a.m to 11 a.m mornings what is your morning routine like so the morning now is like I've now we've now got a second son. He's like a COVID baby, Lachlan. He 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 was born in March last year, right in the start of COVID. So he's a uh, nine months old, ten months old. So my mornings now start at five thirty. Oh wow! <laughs> so, yeah. So my, my first son's four and a half, um, and then we just had our second, as I say, nine months ago. So I I was just getting into a rhythm where I was really able to enjoy my my am and all that and now it's like actually starts at 5 30 a.m so now i wake up usually with uh, the boys um get them breakfast start uh w- watching a show with them or playing with them lachlan's a baby so he takes a lot of care so my other son has to kind of just be understanding to that in the morning my wife sleeps in and then my wife gets up at like eight o'clock in the morning every second day i'll go for a run so i'll do like 15k like a week like like three three five k runs like nothing mm-hmm. crazy good way to listen to a podcast good way to listen to music um, and that's like eight to eight to eight thirty eight to forty eight forty five get home have breakfast and then start working at like nine thirty but by nine thirty in the morning i've been up for four hours now you know yeah yeah that's that's crazy i definitely i'm gonna try to challenge myself to wake up around six a m five thirty a m maybe because yeah. 
I actually just got a puppy, so not a baby, but pretty much. So he wakes up. I saw that. I, super I, I saw early. That your, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that one of your posts. How, yeah. What, how, how old is the puppy? Eight weeks? Twelve weeks? He's ten weeks. Yeah. So he's still a baby. So I've been waking up early, and I really like it. So like, I love. I've already been a morning person, but I like waking up even earlier than yeah. eight a.m. So I'm definitely gonna start trying that, and I feel like like good things happen in the morning like bad things happen at night and then good things happen in the morning (laughs) totally man like i completely agree like we had a we had a dog he he passed unfortunately in the summer he was 11 years old but when we first got him like taking him for a walk like one of my favorite things used to be walking my dog with a coffee in the morning like it was amazing because you're out there no one else was up it was like seven eight o'clock in the morning you'd walk your dog like on a sunday morning if i hadn't been out the night before and it was just amazing like it's almost like you have the the city to yourself or Mm -hmm. wherever wherever you're living like it's like free it's like free time you know Um, yeah yeah. so yeah good good for you let me know how that goes keep me me updated with your with your self challenge (laughs) totally and i know that you are an entrepreneur like you've started multiple companies i would definitely consider you a successful entrepreneur so and you've created successful companies so have you always been entrepreneurial like ever since you were little or when did that i guess entrepreneurship bug come to you yeah i've i've always been entrepreneurial like it's funny you go through things when you're younger as a kid and it's just for fun Mm -hmm. and i now know as an adult looking back on it that holy shit like i was actually kind of shaping my own like i was shaping my future existence i never knew it like an example of that would be in as a kid uh, like i used to when i was maybe like seven or eight years old i made what i called like cheese uh, like, like pizza but it was really cheese on toast right like grilled cheese but i called it pizza and i'd go around the neighbor's doors knocking doors and ask them what to buy pizza and have it delivered <laughs> and some like some little old ladies were just really nice they'd be like yeah for sure callum sort of thing two pound a charge bring them like a cold fucking piece of bread with <laughs> yeah. cheese melted on it they'd give me two pound and i was doing this like there's like a few weeks i remember and then my mum, because i was stealing all the ingredients out of my mum's fridge my mum was like, if you want to do this, like you've got to buy this stuff yourself. And I literally did the maths on it and I realised, like as a young age, I was like, holy shit, I'm not going to make any money. <laughs> this was good when I had, this was good when I had free access to ingredients in my mum's fridge. But now the cheese isn't there and I've got to go and buy some. So at like eight or nine years old, you're doing little things like this and I'm actually learning about profit and loss without even really realising it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got a bit older, I'd be like in high school, I used to buy like a like a pack like 10, 10 pack of cigarettes every morning and there'd be like a pound 50 for 10 cigarettes i'd sell them for 30 pence a cigarette in school make three pound double my money like just <laughs> little little things little things like hustling right but yeah. never like never never drugs or anything just like little like fun sort of but i used to do all this stuff growing up and i never honestly realized that that was like this entrepreneurial spirit i had inside me so it's kind of funny. It's really, really funny. And the more that I talk to people, the more that I realize, and you're an interesting, you're interesting. I'd like to hear what you think about this because you've got a very interesting path and professional journey. But the more that I talk to people right now, the more that I realize that their childhood and their personal experiences have actually really shaped their professional career. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, they, I... 
I can so relate to that, like how you know, you knew that you were going to be an entrepreneur early on because I would do all of those things to my family or like my neighborhood also. Like I remember, aside from the typical like lemonade stand, I would try to set up a restaurant in my house and I literally would make menus online, like literally the same story, like make menus online and like take my parents' food and serve it to them and like be the waiter and all of this. And like it would be my restaurant and I would make my siblings, my little sister and little brother, they were like four years old at the time. I would make them like serve the food to them and like (laughs) I was the boss among them. And then, I mean, I started YouTube when I was 15. So I was really young when That's I started. Crazy. And I didn't think it could be a business at that point. It was pretty early on. I was It was in 2011. Mm-hmm. So YouTube was just kind of starting out. AdSense, I don't even think, was a thing. Like, it wasn't a moneymaker yet, um, just for anyone. Right. And so I just really loved, like, connecting with people. Like, I really loved yeah. talking to people. I remember I did a giveaway for my first 100 subscribers because I was so excited. The first like three subscribers that I that had subscribed to my channel, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to know them. I want to get to, you know, like I was just so excited. So Yeah, of course. It's definitely like you can see things growing up of like about like how, especially for entrepreneurs, I feel like about what shaped you and like, oh, this is why you are the way you are. And it just makes total sense. So I think I totally relate to that. So how did you, like, I'm interested in your story. Um, how did you, at 15, like, that's pretty amazing, like, to start your, your entrepreneur journey at 15. What the hell did you do? Did you just pick up a camera and, like, start videoing? Like, what the, what happened there? And, yes. And, like, how, how, how did it happen? Pretty much. So I started watching YouTubers that were doing their makeup. And the, these girls were around my 15, 16, maybe 17, some 14. You know, they were doing their makeup in their bedroom. And it wasn't, none of us were good at doing makeup. But I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, I have some makeup. I can film it. And so I just turned on my laptop at the time, actually. So I didn't even have a camera. But I turned on my laptop, which had a camera in it. And yeah, I just went on yeah. photo booth, like the the camera the video and picture thing on your laptop and I just recorded a video and I kind of just taught myself how to edit it wasn't any good my first video is still up on the internet um but it was just in my room on my laptop for the longest time until my parents actually had an old camera and I was like oh this this is probably better quality so I like used their camera after a few months but yeah that's kind of how I started and then I just loved the interaction with the audience like that was honestly my favorite thing and Mm. I still it's still my favorite thing to this day so I'm glad that I still definitely like love it and of course my channel has pivoted. I don't make makeup videos really anymore, but right. it's still like I'm so thankful that I continued with it. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of how I started. Oh, I <laughs> is is that still is YouTube still your biggest uh, your biggest audience? Definitely. Yeah, YouTube is definitely the biggest. Yeah. I've started other things too, but like podcasts, my agency and all of that which are growing as well, but YouTube I feel like is like the main platform and then everything else from there kind of is taking off on its own, but YouTube is more established cuz it's just been around for longer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're doing it really well, man. Like you're cuz as like a se- essentially you're an influencer, right? And like mm-hmm. as an influencer, you're you're managing yourself and your own career and I think that's awesome because you see a lot of influencers that that basically put their career in, a, in what they deem as a professional agent's hands, mm-hmm. right? And and they can get taken on a journey that maybe is not authentic to them. So, no, like I, I looked on your 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 bar two agency website and stuff. It's awesome. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm. Um definitely growing that and it's it's funny how you say how you started also your own business at first and it was like event planning and pop-ups and all of that and i'm curious to know 
after the nine years, why didn't you love it anymore? Like, what was it that you loved in the beginning and kind of why did that fade towards the end? Because the things that you just mentioned, like the pop-ups and stuff at the very beginning with a smaller agency, I was managing and I was like, I was a creative guy around. But when I got to like a kind of small to medium-sized business and listen, actual full-time staff in the audience, we all, in the audience, sorry, in the office, we only had um, like eight full-time members of staff, but part-timers across Canada, we had over a thousand. Oh, um, wow. But at the, but the very, very start, I was like coming up with all the creatives and managing the projects. And you start to grow a little bit, but there's not really any middle management. There wasn't any middle management in my business. I was still the guy that kind of had to like make most of the decisions, but didn't really have the fun stuff to do. So it gets this point, you're almost like a glorified HR mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of what it, that, that's like what it felt like. My job didn't become managing or creating programs and advertising campaigns. It basically became more managing people. Mm-hmm. and personnel and dealing with lawyers and dealing with i don't know like operational sort of things and like fuck we need a new office like we're too big for this one we have to go and get a new office like all this sort of different things so i mean that's ha- had i taken outside investment and uh, yeah we I, we could have doubled our size and i could have put in like middle management and all that sort of stuff but i had real pride around being like the, the sole proprietor um, I started the business, I had saved four grand, and when I sold it in July, I, I still owned 100% of the business and mm-hmm. never taken a loan from the bank. But choosing to go that route, it, it can kind of stunt your growth a little bit because we kind of hit our ceiling and we got to a stage where the bigger contracts we're now bidding on, like we had an opportunity of a business that was $12 million over three years, for example, we were, we were seen as too small to win that contract. Mm-hmm. So. We kind of we hit our ceiling and at the same time, the, the fun work was no longer, I was no longer doing the fun work. I was kind of doing that glorified HR sort of stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened. That's kind of what happened. So when you sold the company, did, did you sell it because you wanted to start Shape and Foster or did you sell it because you just wanted to do something else? Honestly, it was like a culmination of many things. I go back to that personal development journey. I'd, I, I'd sorted myself out like personally um and i wasn't enjoying the business so when covid hit like the, ho- the whole world stopped obviously right. like last year as we all remember but my business actually stopped doing doing any business for like three months like there was nothing happening like my business is that is about person to person interactions it was like the first thing to go right but what that did it, it let me kind of sit and reflect and be like, shit, I actually don't enjoy this anymore. And I'd like to start something else. I'd like to get out. So it was a real opportune moment. Like when you're running a business every day, you can be stuck in the business. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a really a really silly thing to say. It's like, but if you're running it every day, you are, you get stuck in the business. So COVID actually let me sit back and reflect and realize I don't enjoy this. And, and I started to dread COVID ending because I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to go back to this business I've built that I no longer enjoy. So when, when all these emotions were going through, I was like, right, first decision, I'm going to sell. And I'll figure out what I want to do next at some stage. But figuring out what I want to do next, it kind of happened really naturally without even really realizing it. I realized that I want to continue my own personal development journey and then thought to myself, fuck, that could be a really good business because there's other people that want to work on things proactively so much of life we deal with retroactively 
Um, we deal with our fitness when we're already out of shape. We deal with nutrition when our eating habits are bad. We Google anxiety after we've had an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn you learn about credit and mortgages when you're purchasing your first home and all that sort of stuff it's all it's fucked up it's also retroactive so i wanted to create something that was proactive so it was really a a culmination of a lot of things like it was just a very timely moment really yeah i actually have never thought of it in the way that you're saying it with how we are so retroactive like i feel like that is the best way to describe the world right now is like after even with covid like because once COVID hit, now we're looking at, oh, how do we become healthy? But it's like, this would have been good if we looked this up three years ago, four years ago, or, of you know, course. yeah, like how yeah. buying your first mortgage, I'm in the pro or I just bought a house and it, I had no idea about it, like so many things before I decided, oh, I want to buy a house. I was like, uh-huh. okay, let me look into this. And then I had to Google so of much. Course. I had to ask so many people, but this is stuff that should be taught in school. It should be taught when you're really, really young because it's not hard to understand. It's not that complicated. It's just we don't know it and we don't learn it. So I think that's so smart of you to create something that is proactive, especially with mental health because so many people go to therapy or go to, you know, like start talking to someone after they've had a panic attack or after they've fallen into depression, you know, and it's, yeah. it'd be so totally. much better if we took care of that before that ever happened that's it like let's work on ourselves. like work on yourself proactively like and i saw that you were going through renovations i saw you've purchased like that will probably be i I'd imagine that could be the biggest investment of your life mm-hmm. and you're learning about it on the job right, right? <laughs> you're learning on a job is that not crazy yeah and like the same with your emotions like i i googled anxiety after i had an anxiety attack i was like did i just have an anxiety attack yeah you is don't even know yeah <laughs> You don't even know. So what I've created here is in Shape and Foster, just to kind of to give your listeners like a bit of like understanding, a bit of context. Essentially, it's a lifestyle development app. It's also available in web browser and you pay for a membership and in turn you're taking on like a 12 month journey of lifestyle development from six different experts. So each of those experts have created courses specifically for Shape and Foster. Obviously, there's more professions that could be part of this, but I had to kind of narrow it down. And the six experts I thought were essential to like a healthy heart and a healthy mind was fitness, nutrition, mental health, a life coach, finance, and yoga. And every 30 days, new course material becomes available in the app, and all the content is consumed via video, and you've got 20 minutes per month to kind of watch every expert. And they take you on this holistic journey. So... If you can basically give up two to three hours of your time a month to learn from six different experts, you're going to grow as an individual and it's going to be a proactive way to grow. Mm-hmm. That's really genius. And also two to three hours a month is not a lot of time, but it can really shape your future. It can really de- like develop who you are. And I feel like that is such a little sacrifice for how much reward it can be you know it's not two to three hours a day it's two to three hours a month it's really exactly not a lot but you can get so much out of it that's exactly it like the way that i see it individually i mean i mean like i have a reminder on my phone uh, for like instagram usage right like when i hit 30 minutes a day it's like put that down like no longer sort of thing at the start of covid with a newborn up at 5 30 in the morning Sometimes I was hitting my Instagram at like 11 a.m. My 30 minutes, it's 11 a.m. And I'm like, oh my God, that's ridiculous, <laughs> right? 
It's yeah. ridiculous. So, so my, so my pitch is, and there, there's some people that will be on it for an hour a day or two hours a day. God, like I think 30 minutes is what I've limited mine to. But my whole thing is, get off Instagram for 20 minutes a week mm-hmm. and learn from an expert that is going to develop you as an individual like invest in yourself literally learn about finance more learn about mental health learn about your emotions you know yeah. learn from a life coach like do do a workout there's workouts in there take we have live yoga on sundays like there's lots of things that you can that the app has and there's a massive community aspect as well when you think of two or three hours a month i just think get off instagram for 20 minutes a week mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, being an influencer on social media, it's ironic to say this, but I think social media is so harmful and it really is, it it can bring good, don't get me wrong, obviously I literally have my job on it, but (laughs) I think Uh. it can bring good, but I think people spend so much time on it and they spend so much time just wasted scrolling and comparing their lives. Cause really, what do you do on Instagram? You just compare your life. Like, I feel like that's like the only thing you do on there. It's not like, Uh sure, you can potentially learn some things on there with like infographics or whatever, but for the most part, it's just seeing what other people are doing and seeing how great someone else's life is. So just getting off. Yeah. 100%. And what it's also doing, like, and listen, I'm on it as well. Like, I mean, we all all are. Mm Mm-hmm. But what it's also doing is it's really narrowing, it really narrows your education and it Mm -hmm. narrows your knowledge. Why does it narrow it? Because it's full of fucking algorithms. I mean, (laughs) like I I like rugby, I like soccer, I like UFC. Every time I go on Instagram, it's giving me new UFC, new soccer, new, and all of a sudden that's all that I'm consuming. Yeah. You know, I'm only consuming like three or four topics, like, how crazy is that? So yeah, so the the whole pitch of the app is really there's a massive community focus. There is a real social media element to it as well, but there's no adverts in there. There's no algorithms. The main purpose is to come in and to learn from six different experts. Yeah, that, that's the main purpose. So how does it work? So when you would for someone who is listening to this and wants to download the app, what is like the community aspect of it, or what is you just get you get a course a month, or like how? Is the, what's the best yeah. way to use the app in your opinion? So essentially, you every every thirty days, new like course material, so to speak, is unlocked. So it's all time, it's all time stamped. So when you start, for example, the financial, like you you get access to all six experts. It's it's a one size fits all. So if when you join, you have access to all of their month one program. So month one, for example, mental health is the why and how of your emotions. Um, month one for finance is understanding your money mindset and then month two 30 days later unlocks and then 60 days after month one after you started month three unlocks and so on so on so you're only able to consume two to three hours a month and you're taking on this holistic journey from start to finish like I, i say holistic like finance isn't something you think about holistically but that month one understand your money mindset it talks about how, how did your parents deal with money? Mm-hmm. Was there scarcity around money? Because that scarcity might have formed your relationship with money and just ways that you can like re, refocus how you think about money and so on, so on. Um, mental wellness is month one talks about, uh, like it gives you like good tips and tools to, to um, understand your emotions. She talks about the drill down method. Um, you have to ask yourself five times when you're upset about something, why you're upset? Because usually that, that surface reason 
of why you're upset isn't the reason that you're truly upset at all. So let, it's, ju- it's just what's triggered you. So mm-hmm. let's say you have, an, you have a, a, a disagreement with somebody and it makes you all annoyed. But then you ask a, yourself a second time, what else could it be? A third time, a fourth time? You get to that fifth time, it's like, you know what? It's like, I've not been paid um, for a week. I'm short in cash and I had a crap night's sleep last night. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. the true reason that you're at. And it's all these little tips and stuff like that. So it takes you on a, hol- a holistic journey. Yeah. The community and social media aspect is just that everyone else in there is also in there to learn about the same thing. So you can comment on videos, you can ask the experts questions, you can like posts, you can take part in polls. There's questions going on in there. We have live Q and A's with with experts every two weeks that you can attend. So there's a real kind of community focus. Everyone in there is all in there for the same thing. Yeah, and I think it's important that you emphasize the experts because it'd be different. I mean, even going back to social media, a lot of times social media claims that they are ex- people on social media claim that they are experts in certain subjects. And I'm, I mean, uh, I like to give my advice. I like to give my tips too. I'm not an expert in things either, but I know that on social media, not, it's neither a, am I. Yeah, I, I, I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> it's very I, I'm easy. A, I'm a community. I'm yeah. a community founder, but I'm not an expert. Right. So it's, I think it's so important that the people learning on Shape and Foster are learning from experts and they are learning from people who, you know, really know this and understand this. And it's not just some infographic on Instagram. So I think that it's really important um, that you have that and that it's such a good way to really learn and understand who you are. Honestly, I feel like it's kind of like you're really getting to know yourself in a way while also yeah. learning about all of these topics that we honestly should have been learning about so much long or long ago. Um, So I think that's Mm -hmm. really cool. What is your favorite topic to learn about personally? I'm interested in that. Ooh, good question. My, my favorite topic has been the mental, the mental wellness um, Mm -hmm. so far and also the life coach. So I've taken things from both of their month one. I'm just going through the process like everyone else. So I'm only in month one as well. Um, Whenever you start, I should say, you always start in month one. So if somebody joins in May, they still start in month one. It's not right. like you have to start in January. Um, but yeah, the, the mental health professional has given me some some food for thought. Like I've actually, that, that, that drill down method is as daft as it sounds. I've honestly used that three or four times since. And now I just, I can cut straight to it. It's even just like I've reprogrammed myself to realize I'm not actually annoyed at my son because he doesn't want to go to bed. I'm annoyed because my ads for the new business like are up and down or, or something you know what i mean like so i'm able to kind of get straight to it the life coach very very simple like her month one she said like write down 10 habits it was like one of the kind of things to do write down 10 habits that if you introduce these to your life would make you happier and they're just small things mm-hmm. and put like a a scale next to them like one to ten as to what would be the most important to you and all that so i live in scotland and my parents are sorry i live in canada my parents are in scotland sometimes i can go a month or two without phoning home and i, and I just kind of thought i was thinking this i was like fuck if i actually made time and i phoned home once a week or once every two weeks it's an easy thing to do but i would i would be happier from that so l- little things that it's not taking a massive time, but it's making you rethink your about your focus. It's making you kind of make little adjustments that you can make on the sly and on the move without having to do big wholesale crazy changes to your life. So yeah, the life coach and the mental wellness um, professional are probably who I currently am taking the most from. But I do think they're all awesome. Like the nutritionist, 
Um, like she has like in her month one, she has like a vegan curry recipe. As I said, nutrition's a massive issue for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not well trained in the kitchen, which makes me not very confident in the kitchen. I wasn't like you, Natalie. I wasn't running a restaurant at 10 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not that confident in the kitchen either. (laughs) I was probably serving the worst food. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not, so with lack of confidence comes lack of like, action right so she has like a vegan curry recipe it's very simple to a show and tell and i've actually made that so far and it was awesome like and now i'm getting a bit more confident with my nutrition and how to make things and so i'm taking lots from them all but the life coach and the mental health professional have been really helpful for me mm-hmm. and i i mean i like that you mentioned that it's just little steps it's not you don't have to make a three yeah. six or 180 you know like you don't need to completely change your life around in one day no. or those like seven days to transform your life like that's not realistic i feel oh, like <laughs> ex- ex- that's exactly <laughs> that's, that's you've literally taken the words out of my mouth like usually usually what i say is like this is not be your best self in 14 days yep. like drink drink nothing but water stand on one leg and touch your ear five times a day it's, it's not like it's not as crazy random like do this all for 14 days it's a uh, this is like a a bit of a long-tailed thing because mm-hmm. my personal development journey took me two years. It took two years to really start to make changes um, and, and have them all in place. So this is a 12-month journey, and, yeah, it's little steps that you can just put in and, and carry on with your life. Yeah, I mean, I think so many of us can use that, and that's so important to note because, again, I feel like a lot of times, kind of how you were saying earlier, how you were breaking promises to yourself, how you kept break, breaking those promises, and that's the number one thing I feel like we do just as humans like we say that we're going to do something and then we don't do it so then we feel discouraged and we're like i'm just not going to do it like i'm not meant it. i'm not cut out to you know do yeah. like work on my fitness journey because i didn't go to the gym five times this week when i said i was going yes. to you know it's like those little steps that are more important and it's more important to be realistic than to be perfect in my opinion you're i i completely agree like and i think that what you're basically getting at there is that people feel like if they set lofty goals often they're setting themselves up for failure mm-hmm, you know totally. that that's kind of how that's kind of how i read what you're saying and yeah like what how i see that how i see that is that being part of like a community like shape and foster where it's all about intention it's about let, let's let's try and do better and let's say uh, have that community aspect that can kind of help us along the way but no one's going to judge you and there's an opportunity in a, in a community to like be vulnerable. If you want to be vulnerable and put your hand up and say, oh man, I'm, I've kind of I'm I've dropped the ball on my nutrition or whatever it may be. You know what? Say that and, and three or four other community members are probably going to respond to you and say, I, I did the same thing and this is how I got through it. Or You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's a kind of cool community aspect to it there. Yeah, definitely. And now going back to kind of how you started Shape and Foster and your journey with that, mm. I am very interested in the technical aspect of it. Like, how did you decide I'm going to start this? And what did you do first? Did you hire someone? Did you develop the website? Did you hire developers to do this? Like, I'm just curious in like the technical, yeah. like how did you actually like yeah. the first step in starting Shape and Foster? So the first step was obviously realizing like, what do I want to do? I want it mm-hmm. to be, I want you to, I want it to be able to host video so that it can, uh, and to be very easy to, to, to play, be very interactive. I want it to be a community aspect to it. And I want to have a social element to it. So I, I wrote an RFP, like a, I, I wrote like a request for proposal, like a, just a brief three pager. I looked on um, online at 
about 10 different companies sent out to different web and app developers to see who can create this. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and there's a, a female uh, entrepreneur CEO called Gina Bianchini. She has a company called Mighty Networks. And um, she was talking about what Mighty Networks does. And I was like, oh my God, what they do is what I'm basically putting to RFP. But if I go to them and, and, and have them create it and create the app and all that sort of stuff, the bet, the, I might have a little bit less um, flexibility around how I want it to look because it's a wee bit more templated. But you know what that eliminates? It eliminates all the risk. Because mm-hmm. what, what's the most likely thing to happen with a new app that gets built? It's going to have bugs. It's mm-hmm. going to crash. Like, I don't want to go down that, I don't want to go down that route. I want to be, I want it to be operationally 100% efficient, really fun, like fundamentally sound so that I can just work on the advertising, the engagement inside the app and not have to worry about, oh shit, the app crashed. So I went with this company called Mighty Networks, paid them to, to do the build and all that sort of stuff. And we're, it's been live, I mean, we're, we're January right now, but it was live in November just so I could play around with it and, and get a few members in just to test it out. And there's not been one issue in three months, so it was a good decision. That's amazing. So they code the app for you or they develop the app for you? Is that what they do? They design they, and develop? So they, 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 yeah, exactly. They design, develop. They, they deal with Apple. They put it, like, that's another thing. Like, when you're developing an app, I talked to this one guy who's doing an app right now. He's been going back and forward with Apple to get it put into the app store for like six or seven months. Oh my gosh, every wow. time, every time you put it through for approval, they come back with like one thing that you have to change, but they don't tell you like 20 things at the same time. So you keep getting changes and changes. So this guy's been going back and forward for six to seven months trying try to get his app put through. And that's just version one. So these guys dealt with it all and, and because they've done it a million times, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, the that's... App was it. The app was that was developed in two weeks. Like at the end of the day, once it was it was approved in two weeks. It was approved in two weeks. Wait, they did they design and develop it in two weeks, or it was approved on Apple no, the, in two the, weeks? The, it was approved in Apple. In okay, two weeks. I was like, wait, take, how? Like, <laughs> nah, no, it took it took months to design and develop and all that stuff, but it took them only two weeks to to get approved. Whereas this other guy is seven months into approval and still nothing. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And I feel like it's also important to say that it did take a few months to develop because I feel like apps look so whenever they're seamless and whenever they're easy to go on, people think it's like a quick way to start a business or it's a quick way to, you know, like start something. Oh. But it's really important to know how much time went into it to even just get it out oh, there. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And it's and it's like apps, like don't get me wrong, like, yeah, time goes into it, definitely. Um, apps are expensive. Mm-hmm. Like. You can't just you can't just start an app like tomorrow with with, with no money. It's it's not going to work. Like they're expensive. So yeah. So so it takes time because yeah. there's a lot of ten, ten, technical aspects to it. Yeah, I'm actually start. Funny that you say that because I am starting an app for kind of to go hand in hand with my agency, and it's like a social media planning app that I'm working with a team similar to the one that you worked with that they design and develop it for you. So it's very, What's it's it definitely called? expensive. Um, they're called Collab. It's a really small company. They went to, so I'm from NC State. That's where I graduated college from in North Carolina. And they are just three guys that started a company um, from NC State also. And they've done this um, nice. before. So I was like, I'll go with them. We have friends of friends. And then totally. um, they're great. But it just really puts it into perspective of 
how long this takes, how tedious, like how many steps go into it, and also how much money is involved. Like it's really, like you said, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah to start something yeah, like this. So, this and, is a- and and it's one of those it's one of those things that you, 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 it's always going to cost you more than the original quote. Right. Right. You know. <laughs> right. It's just the way it is, man. Pro- right. Probably like your Renaults. <laughs> no, literally, yeah. <laughs> um, so now before we go, what are your goals for Shape and Foster and what do you hope that people that are listening to this that are going to download it, what are you hoping that they get out of it? I think the people that download it are going to feel like they're filling their cup. I know that sounds kind of cheesy to say, but, but I think they'll feel like they, they're filling their cup. They're going to learn from lots of people. They're going to feel like it's a real positive community to be part of. And they're really going to enjoy the experience. Um, what I want from it, I want a thriving community. I want to see by the end of the year, like two or three thousand people, maybe more, actually in the app using it, like lots of conversation, like a real thriving community. My last business, it just, it didn't have a feel good factor at the end. I was a marketing agency. Any, any opportunity we got, we would market, whether or not that's a quick service restaurant or something else. There's definitely more of a mission focus to this, and it's to it's to leave more of a kind of uh, an impact, be, have more of an impact on people. Um, my final kind of call to action to your listeners would simply be, you know, like you get ten dollars, you got a ten dollar discount. I mean, it's usually ninety nine dollars per year. Uh, if you're a listener of Natalie's uh, pod, uh, the real real, you get it for eighty nine dollars a year. You also get a three day free trial, so you get three days to have a look at it. Um, at shapeandfoster.com the link will be in the show notes and uh, you can check it out you know there's no harm like check it out for three days if it's not for you it's not for you yeah well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and where can they find you or what's i know they can find shape and foster on the app store so um where where else can they find you plug all the socials plug everything that you want (laughs) So I would say for Shape and Foster, just go to the link in the show notes. It's your it's your own uh, pods plan. Uh, so you'll get a discount there that you, you won't get in the app store. Um, you can find Shape and Foster at Shape and Foster on Instagram and also on Facebook. And then myself, I've just got like a personal private account that is just a lot of pics of me and my family that you don't want to see. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you guys enjoyed this and I will be seeing you guys next week with another episode of the Real Real Podcast. And if you haven't already, please again, be sure to leave five stars. If you guys did enjoy this episode, check out Shape and Foster because I do have a coupon for you guys to use. You guys can have a free trial. So definitely be sure to check it out in the link in the show notes. And also I'll have it on my Instagram, all of that good stuff. Um, but thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys next Monday with another episode of the Real Real Podcast. Hey, my name is Lovon Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. 
At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.